Hi, friends. Logan Clements here, one of your co-hosts of the Better Events podcast. And in this week's episode, because as you know, listeners, we fall on Wednesdays and this year we fall on Valentine's Day. So whether you are having an amazing Valentine's Day with someone romantic in your life or maybe a Galentine's Day or a Guilentine's Day, I don't know what the male version of that would be, but something. And you're, we just want to make sure that you're feeling the love. And so Mary and I channeled that when talking about events in this week's episode. We share 10 different ways that we had felt the love at events, and this hopefully gives you a little bit of a check-in if you are someone who is looking to go above and beyond at your next event, or maybe just inject more of what you're passionate about or excited about into your event. What Mary and I talk about in this episode can help kind of spark that for you. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. We are thrilled to be with you today. We are going to be talking about all the ways that we feel the love. We're talking about event day, and we're going to share some experiences with you, specific moments that have impacted us when we are doing events. And before we get into this, we do want to do a quick reminder and a quick plug about some of the services that we offer through the podcast. One is consulting. So if you need some one-on-one time, please reach out to us. And then also, we can be your event confidant. We can come to your event and help support you as the producer, the planner, if you're feeling like you personally are needing some support to get through your event. So keep those in mind. But we have our conversation starter, of course, that we love to do at the beginning of every episode. So for today, you got to bear with me. Um, First of all, let's say hello to Logan, our co-host. Hi, Logan. How's it going? It's going great, Mary. Ready to, you know, as we said, we're feeling very loving today. This conversation starter doesn't have a lot to do with that, but I had to call you out, Logan, because we're going to get real in this. Logan, what are you wearing on your feet? That's our conversation starter. Right now, as we record this podcast? This very second, yes. Oh, I am wearing my Hoka sneakers on my feet right now because I am at my sit-stand desk and I found if I stand in actual sneakers, like outside shoes, it helps my feet and my back feel better versus if I wear slippers or something that's not as supportive. So I'm currently wearing some Hoka shoes with some really sexy inserts that are supporting my feet. And I <laughs> wear these shoes to work out. I've also worn them on site when I do my sporting events. Mary, you how about know. you? What's on your feet right now? <laughs> right now, this very second. I am a big slipper sock person. I have many pairs and I wear them every day. So um, I, they are gray and white fuzzy slipper socks. They're ankle height. They have the grippies on the bottom. And they're like checkered that there you go. <laughs> so exciting. But actually that conversation starter came from an ILEA member newsletter and they took it from Inc.com. They said it was a fun conversation starter to ask people in your virtual meetings what they're wearing on their feet. So you can take that from us if you so choose. Amazing. And uh, well, Mary, do you want to first define ILEA for our listeners since I know we love to define our terms? 
Yeah, I hope I say it right, but I believe it's the International Live Events Association, which is a association of event professionals, one of the many associations. Um, And we, uh, I'm a part of the local Seattle chapter. I know Logan's gone to a lot of their events, but this was from their general ILEA newsletter. So there you go. Very cool. Thank you for that inspiration. Yeah, I think um, while we now, you guys both can picture exactly what Mary and I are wearing on our feet right now. Think about maybe what you're wearing on your feet. Maybe you're outside. Maybe you're inside. Um, but we are talking about this is, you know, around Valentine's Day. You might be feeling romantic in your personal relationships. We decided to take this professional. Okay, guys? We're talking about love and events. Um, we've done a couple episodes, I feel like, Mary, right, about one where we talked about why we love events. Um, but what we're going to kind of focus on more are, like, 10 things specifically at events um, that have made us feel the love per se. And some of them are going to be specific, exact examples. Some are going to be more general, but hopefully the goal of this is it's going to spark some interest for you. If you are trying to share the love more at your next event or figure out kind of, we have our personal love languages, but you know, this is kind of figuring out what our event professional love languages are and how you can kind of build that team camaraderie. I think February is a great time of year. You had annual goals in January. You don't know if you're still on track with them. Like this is a fun one of how can you add more love and gratitude to your events kind of moving forward. So Mary, did I kind of capture everything we wanted for teeing this up? Yeah, you definitely captured it. It's good to reflect. I'm I'm hoping to fill some warm fuzzies from this because events are crazy. And so I love talking about the happy side of it. So we'll go ahead and kick it off. We have a number of things and I'll just start like Logan said, it might be a specific moment. It might be more general. Um, but for mine, my first one is when we were doing an auction, there was an auction item that we were trying to help curate for the client that was from an artist, a local artist. And um, the idea is that the artist would come to the event and do a live piece of art, which I think is a, an event trend that we've seen over the past few years. And so that's what was happening. He was doing this live piece of art. And with art, it's subjective. Um, it doesn't always sell well when it is like an auction item. And so it really depends your audience. And we were kind of taking a leap to, to hope that this would work because they'd never have tried it before. And the artist was really invested in the organization themselves. And so we just really wanted this to work out. And long story short, the item did sell well. I think he mentioned it sold the the best he's seen it sell when he's done something similar to this. And we were so pleased. And he had, like, had his moment on the stage and he presented the live piece of art to the winner. And it was just a really nice moment where you're like, phew, so glad that worked. And it was really nice to see the artist like be really pleased with it. It felt extra uh, rewarding. So that's my first moment. To kind of a takeaway for listeners there, of it was taking a risk with something different as a auction item, but it worked out in the end. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, my first one, I guess, would be, again, I kept it a little bit general, but for me, I feel like I always feel the love when I get a heartfelt thank you uh, email or note um, post-event. This is when we talk about our post-event process. But, you know, it's so much effort and so much of a lead up to the event. And you're constantly in contact with all these people, the client, your team, whoever it is. And then post-event, sometimes it can feel like a little bit of a real of a hard, like, come down of energy. And, you know, you're going to miss these people that you've been talking to daily or weekly in the weeks leading up. And so whenever I receive, Mary, we've talked about in the podcast, I love sending a thank you note. So this is something that's part of my process. But I also love whenever I receive a thank you note or an email Um, It just, 
I feel like really solidifies and sums up, you know, all that effort and that time that went into the event. I'm not saying if I don't receive it, I resent that person, but I've just found that really makes me feel the love, especially just acknowledging how much time and effort went into making an event happen. Sending those post-event notes. And again, this is a great way to use a project management tool or something to remind yourself to do this. Uh, I talk about, we talk about scheduling your post-event meeting before the event and like it has happened, you do this. So it's on the calendar. So it's usually a nice follow-up note after that meeting to be like, all right, send a note or send a thank you. Or even as quick as like the night at your event ends that night before you go to sleep, you shoot off a two sentence. Thank you so much to the people who were behind the planning of your event. I, I love it always. I think it's super important and it goes right into my next one which is very pointed. So one of my happy moments where I felt the love from an event is when Logan, you sent me a note. You sent me a note. This, Logan practices me? what she preaches. You <laughs> and cupcakes. Do you remember this? This was um, during more virtual event time. So I don't know, maybe 2021. I'm just guessing if I guess a year. And um, you surprisingly, those got delivered to me from like DoorDash or something. And mm-hmm. it was cupcakes, which I do love. And a note saying like, I know you have a busy event week. Oh, yeah, because I had three virtual events in one week. And it was like the first time that had happened to me. And it was crazy. You sent me a note. And so that went perfectly with what you just said. It felt nice. So thanks, Logan. You're you're welcome. I'm like, I don't even know if I was working on any of those events with you. It might have just been. That is one that I will say to piggyback on it. I do love when I have, we talk about community over competition. But when I know event pros or friends even who are going through really going through it (laughs) that I'm like, even, yeah, something like that, sending something physical or again, Starbucks gift cards are super easy. All you need is an email address. And I've done that for a couple of event pros. I know who've had busy weeks to be like, here's $10, you know, and just something, some caffeine, something that I would appreciate if I was in the throes of an event. Um, That's another way to help kind of spread the love for everybody. My next one, again, keeping it general was I really feel the love at events when I get a referral to another new client. So one client refers me to somebody else. Again, that sometimes kind of actions speak louder than words where people can, again, I see doing that nice note, that nice thank you, that email, thanking you of what a great job. But when that truly they actually refer work to someone else, I know that definitely makes me feel appreciated in what we do and trusted because I know whenever anytime anyone makes a referral, that person making the referral is really trusting you to do what they're saying you're going to do. And so that's been really cool. And that is a way that I've built my event business and built my own network is through referrals, both people referring me and then same thing. I love referring other people. And when they get hired and do a great job, I'm like, it only makes everybody look, look so much better. So I'd say referrals are another way for feeling the love. I think that's so true. It's like so such a huge compliment when that happens. Absolutely. My next one is um, similar to on that thanking route that we were going down. When I get thanked verbally, well, not when I, well, maybe when I get thanked verbally in the program or when the company or the team gets thanked verbally in the program, even if it's not a thank you, Mary, if it's a, you know, thank you to the event team that's behind the scenes. Like, I love that. Um, That happened to me. I think once unsolicited this year or this last year and then maybe twice because I like put it in the script that they were reading (laughs) but one unsolicited and that that moment stood out to me I've talked about it here I think once on the podcast before I just really appreciated that um 
But this reminds me too of when I'm like an attending an event or a performance or something like that. And you know, at the end when the performers will like acknowledge the orchestra or something like that and everyone claps. Well, we were at an event or yeah, we were attending a show recently and they thanked, they um, like acknowledged up to the production team and their box was like up at the top of the room and I was like yeah I like really clapped for that one because I was like I see you up there and you're appreciated and so those types of ways of being thanked also have helped me feel the love yeah my next one um, is I feel like sometimes with events again it's a big picture you got to think about all these big decisions and everything and sometimes it can be very tiring and sometimes what helps me feel grounded is just focusing on these like little moments these little individual experiences that we're creating when we host events and create events and plan events and so one for me was with a uh, professional tennis player, Anj Jabor, at the U.S. Open. And we had a fan week where folks could come for free, which was so cool. And we were doing interactive things during this player's practice. So when she was taking breaks and would sit down, we'd play music, we'd do different interactive things. And one of the things we ended up doing was doing a little interview uh, with the fans to kind of fill the time at different times. And we picked out a fan that was holding the flag um, from where Anz was from. And it was just so cool because during that interview, Anz actually listened. Usually the players don't actually listen to what we're talking about. It's just kind of noise while they're focused on their, on their practice. And she actually listened and could see us on the, see on the screen that we were showing this, this mom and her kid and then looked around and we were able to point her. So she was actually able to make eye contact with this fan and wave and like have a little moment that, um, this, I know the girl, the daughter's going to remember for the rest of her life. And it was one of those where I was like, it was really hot out. We've had long days. It was just one of those that like, I joke, those little moments just fuel me no matter how exhausted I am or what other things are happening that I'm like, we just made that person's day and or week and or year. Or maybe that's a core memory now when that, you know, she was nine or 10 and, uh, or no, she was seven. She said <laughs> her mom, they, we asked her how old she was and she said six and her mom said, you're seven. So uh, she was seven. Um, so maybe that is just going to be a core memory for her. And that's so cool in a way that I'm like, oh, I get the warm fuzzies every time I still think about that moment. I love your sports moments because I can imagine it. And I think it's amazing. So I love that. Um, my next one is a little more general. It's just like if you can imagine this with me, if you're part of an event or you're running an event and you've done it with a team, the moment that you're done. And you're just like, no matter what happened, maybe like some crazy stuff went down. Maybe it was a really positive experience. Either way, when you've had this event, maybe especially when it's a hard event and you just look at your team members and you're like, we're done. We did this. We worked hard and we made it happen. And now it's over. And if you've experienced what I'm experiencing, you might know what I'm talking about. But it's just that moment where you're together and you're like, it's over. <laughs> like, And even if it was hard, the fact that you did something together to me is really powerful and I really appreciate those types of moments. Um, and so, yeah, going through hard things with the team. I, I ironically really appreciate that. It matters who you work with. I mean, that's another, we're again, February, we're at a good time. I think to think back to your point, Mary, of reflecting on who you worked with and what worked well and maybe who you don't need to work with in the future, who doesn't have that great feeling when you get to the end there. Um, definitely feel that. My uh, second to last one here is in reference to two sessions that we did around the Better Events Conference. We had both a VIP kind of friend of the podcast offer where we did that had a pre-conference session where we had the VIPs come on a meet and greet with Mary and I. And we got to meet each other and, and talk about some things. And then we also had a accountability session after the conference for all attendees 
partners, speakers, everybody could come to that. And I will say that both of those, I feel like, because sometimes virtual, the complaint is it's very disconnected. It can feel a little lonely. You're, you know, sometimes it's a one-way conversation, even though we had lots of interactive sessions with attendees on screen. But both of these, both this pre-session and the post-session, I felt like both gave us, I'll speak for both of us, Mary, because I feel like you'd feel the same way on this, that like it gave us a moment to really be present and get to like savor this event versus on the event day when it felt like it went by so quickly. And then it also gave us an opportunity to like really connect individually with folks who were taking the time to come to our event. So I felt like I truly got to know some of our VIPs who came for that pre-event and I recognized their names and I was able to like recognize them kind of in the chat and on screen when they were with us at the conference. And then post-event, it was really cool to verbally hear feedback or what stuck with people or like what they're working on. So I'm I'm proud that we did that. I would say that's a good takeaway. I feel like anyone planning virtual events, creating a couple additional moments for connection is going to help you feel that love. Because I think, again, the people who attended those also seem to get a lot out of it and really enjoy getting to have that space to meet each other, even though it's virtual. Like the cherry on top, for sure, really solidified it. My last one is that, you know, we do a lot of fundraising events. And so a moment that really sticks out to me is, is general. It's just when we hear these really cool programs and there are a lot of cool programs in any event, but for fundraising events, they're usually programs about, you know, impact and um, like initiatives or, or really uh, heartwarming missions, like these things like that, that naturally just kind of bring those feelings up. And so I love when I hear people share their stories in more of an ethical way and you hear directly from them about these things that they've experienced. To me, it really is something that I remember. And I love that I can continually be a part of programs like that. And that's when I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And so that's generally also just moments when I have felt the love at events. I mean, my last one, I feel like I'm getting slightly jumbled in my head because I really just want to mention Kiss Cam. I think that's hilarious. It's a great activation sporting events, a very literal interpretation of feeling what the a way to end. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. I was just sitting here trying to think, I'm like, can you do a Kiss Cam at a non-sporting event? Probably not. <laughs> um, but I do. One of the things I love about sports is it gives you that permission to be to be silly. And so whether it's you might not actually be able to do a Kiss Cam at your next corporate or fundraiser event, but there is a joy that is putting couples on screen or jokingly putting people who maybe are obviously not a couple on screen and then seeing their reaction and just the very, think back to the kiss cam you saw in a sporting event recently. And it's just as satisfying to see a couple kiss as it is for them to be like, oh no, or it's like my sister or something silly. And so I would encourage, I feel like if you're trying to feel the love or have some kind of memorable moment at your next event, thinking about maybe it's not a kiss cam, but if there's, I don't know, high five cam, an adaption, adaptation we did in in China because kissing in public wasn't just as culturally no, big cultural norm as it, as it is here as we did a love cam. And we encourage people to like make a little heart or hug or something like that. And I just think there's there's a lot of opportunity that you could learn from sports uh, to add to your programming for this coming year. Um, and especially, I mean, maybe again, not literally kiss cam, but I feel the love all the time at events when we do kiss cam, because it's just such a fascinating thing to see people interact with. And again, those varied responses that can get the same cheer out of the crowd. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to kiss. It can be just as funny if you don't love a good kiss cam. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think that there are many more ways that we could express that we've felt the love at events. Clearly, we keep going back to this for some reason. 
And so I think a lot of it's because there are some positive emotions along the way. And so hopefully listeners, you can think of yours as well. And that does bring us to the end of our episode. So we have our bonus tip today, which I actually have. So you've got the bonus tip, Mary. I'll just go ahead and share that. So this one is fresh for me. Um, maybe for Logan too. When traveling to an event, give yourself buffer time to arrive early, especially if you're flying. You literally never know what could happen. There could be weird maintenance things which have been going on lately when we're recording this episode or um, weather, right? Weather's just crazy. So if you need to arrive at a certain time, just get there early. That applies to anything, but especially when you're flying because that is very unpredictable sometimes. So that's my bonus tip for today. Thank you, Mary. What a great, great bonus tip. And we would love to hear from you listeners about times that you felt the love. Feel free to send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com or follow us or message us anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at bettereventspod. You can also visit our website, bettereventspod.com. And you can connect with Mary and I directly on LinkedIn as well. We love hearing from you guys. So again, keep those connections coming. And as always, we thank you for listening and we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. 